بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائی از دا فورتھ آف نومبر ان دا ایئر وی موڈ آن ٹو دا سیکنڈ نائٹ دیٹ وی گوئنگ تھرو دا ایگزالٹیڈ اینڈ ایلوشریس لائف آف دا ایم این این کمپنین سیدنا ابو حریرا ردی اللہ اینڈ یسٹرڈے آئی مینشنڈ ود ریگارڈس ٹو ہیز بلیسڈ نیم اینڈ ہی پریفرڈ دا نیم ابی ہر وچ مینس دا فادر آف دا کٹ Because he himself said, Rasulullah gave me that title, Sallallahu But the people prior to that, his own people, gave him the name Abu Hurair, the father of the kid. So it would be ideal to mention now a brief on cats and in extension other blessed animals. So first, with regards to those who keep cats as pets, Our beloved mother Sayyidah Aisha radiyallahu she said Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would put a bowl of water for the cat to drink from and then perform wudu from the leftover water after the cat had finished subhanallah so this is recorded in Tabarani in his kabir number 7949 and Sheikh Albani rahmatullahi stated sahih in Sahih al-Jami number 4958 Abu Dawood number 76 related similar. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi again stated Sahih in his Sahih Sunan Abi Dawood number 69. So here our mother Sayyidah Aisha radiyallahu mentioned two things that the Prophet would do for the cat sallallahu alayhi wa He would put a bowl of water out for the cat to drink from. Meaning if you have a cat then you need to look after it. But then he did something very interesting. He performed wudu from the leftover water after the cut had finished. Meaning that the water, even if it's been lapped up by the cut, can be used for wudu. And if a person does that with the intention, he gets the sunnah into his life. So it's worth leaving some water out for the cut. Why? Once it laps the water, even if it's a little bit, quickly get the water just to incorporate the sunnah because the Prophet did it. And similarly, Abdullah ibn Abi Qatada, rahmatullahi, he relates from his father, radiyallahu, that water was once put out for him to make wudu. And a cat suddenly came and started lapping up the water. He nevertheless took the water and performed wudu with it. And they asked in surprise, Ya Abu Qatada, radiyallahu, the cat drank from it. He responded, I have heard Rasulullah say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Verily, they are cats are not impure. They are indeed amongst those who circulate around yourselves. <laughs> so let's look at it. So this is recorded in Nasai number 86, Abu Dawood number 75, Dinwadi number 92, Ibn Majah number 367, Ahmad in his Musnad 5-309, Hakim in his Mustadrak stated Sahih, Zahabi Sahih, Ibn Hiban Sahih, Ibn Khuzayma Sahih, 
Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah stated Sahih in Sahih al-Jami number 2437, 3694 and also in his Irba al-Ghalil number 173. So this is a flawless report in the Sunnah. So a companion, Abu Qatada, he did exactly that. A cat drank from the water, he then did wudu. And the people asked in surprise, the cat drank from it. And he said something else. Because I have heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Innaha laysat minajas. Verily, they are not impure. That's the first thing he said about the cats. Then he said, and this is why the wording is important here. Hiya minat tawafina awit tawafat. They are indeed amongst those who go around amongst you. Now look at the word. Hiya minat tawafina. The word tawaf, same origin. <laughs> so when a person does tawaf, he's circulating anti-clockwise around the Kaaba. The Prophet doesn't use the same derivative for the cuts. Minat tawafina awit tawafat. And look how interesting, cuts do do that. They start going around, you notice. Utensils, even the people who look after them. So the Prophet mentioned that because they go around because they're not impure. So now, why is it important to highlight the Arabic here? Because there's a verse in the Quran. So Hafiz Baghawi, in his Sharh Sunnah 2-70, he said, It is possible that Rasulullah liken cats to servants who frequently go around to serve and clean the house. As in the holy verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and he recited, Surah Al-Nur, Surah 24, verse 58. Ba'd. For they continuously circulate amongst you. <laughs> then the Shaykh said, It is possible that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa likened the cats to people who go around asking people for things they need. Thus the reward for caring for cats is like that of condoling these needy people. Subhanallah. So this is why it's important that you always have to keep in mind Rasulullah, his language is Arabic. So you're relying upon translation. Now if I translated it without the Arabic, you wouldn't even realize that Rasulullah is using a Quranic word about the cat. All you'll get is this in English. They are amongst those who circulate amongst yourselves. But the wording is wafina What does the Quran say? Ba'dukum ala ba'd. They circulate continuously amongst you. Who's being referred to there? So the scholars say it's referring to the servants. But Hafiz Baghubi said. It is also quite possible Allah is referring to cats. Because just like the servants go around the people, the cats also do the same. And if it's likened to needy people, then you're looking after the cat is like you're looking after the needy. So what's the reward for looking after the needy? This is why the ulama say that when you look after the cat, it's just as if you're looking after the needy person. You're getting the reward. So note, all of this is our deen. We don't just you know, have a cat because it's nice to have a pet. They get no reward. But your intention is, I'm keeping a cat because Rasulullah 
Certainly, in this report indicates he had a car. And I want to get these sunnats in. And I want to get the reward, which the Quran seems to indicate as well. SubhanAllah. Indeed, cats do not even affect your salah. If they walk across you in salah. So who narrated this? No other than Abu Huraira. Abu Huraira himself relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. الْحِرَّةُ لَا تَقْتَعُ الصَّلَةِ لِأَنَّهَا مِنْ مَطَاءِ الْبَيْتِ Cats do not invalidate the salah for they are amongst the things that are useful in the dwelling. This is recorded in Ibn Majah, number 369, Hassan, Hakim in his Mustadrak, 1-254, Sahih, Zahabi, Sahih, Ibn Khuzayma, Sahih, Ibn Adi, it is Al-Kamil, 4-1586 and others. So what did the Prophet Sallallahu say? Cats don't affect your salat. Meaning they can walk across. Then he said, Sallallahu Alaihi They are amongst the things that are useful in your house. Meaning they look after, get rid of the vermin. If there's mice, there's other things, they'll get rid of it. So, now why is that fascinating? When it comes to children, you need to stop them. <laughs> the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that your rewards diminish if a person crosses you in Salat. So it's actually diminishing your rewards. And one report mentions even children. So we can't use logic here because logic then states, well, why is a cat on and above a child? A child, there's your logic. The response is the Prophet said it. We don't start using logic. But you could argue that a cat obviously He's not a human. He's not bound by any commands. The child's under your command. So why is a child being able to walk across? You understand? You know, you should have told your the mother or the wife to look after the child while you're playing. But with a cat, obviously, he's just roaming about. So even if it goes between your legs, don't worry about it. You know, subhanAllah. So now the water. The water they have lapped can be used for wudu. There's no doubt. But... It is disliked to consume and the vessel should also be washed. So this is important. A cat laps up the water. You can do wudu with that. Absolutely no problem. Can you drink that water? It's disliked. And not only should you not drink that water, you should have washed the vessel. So where is this mentioned? So Nafi Rahmatullah, he said, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umr radiyallahu he considered the leftover from a cat undesirable, i.e. for consumption. This is in Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf, volume 1, page 98. So let's look at this. Abdullah ibn Umr was the one who very, very eager to follow Rasulullah sallallahu He was like a shadow. He considered the leftover of a cat makru. He wasn't talking about wudu. He's talking about consumption. Mm-hmm. In one report, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad Sahih, someone Isaac, our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa he saw a companion drinking while standing. So he said to him, would you like a cat to drink with you? He answered, no. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa said, something worse than that has now drank with you. Shaitan. So let's look at this. So in this Sahih Hadith, it is disliked to drink standing. It's not forbidden according to most scholars. Even though there's a Hadith in Sahih Muslim mentioning 
that if you drink standing, vomit. Despite that, more scholars say it's makruh because the Prophet occasionally did drink standing, indicating permissibility. But it's certainly disliked. Now, what's interesting, what have they discovered about that? Putting it very simply, you've got filters. Your body, just like your car, has got filters. Your body has got filters. If you drink sitting, the liquid goes down steadily and the filters have plenty time, ample time to filter the water. If you drink standing, it goes down very quickly. Not only does it pass through the filter too quick, it will also could damage the stomach wall. So do we need science to tell us that? Whatever the Prophet says is for your benefit, said Allah. So that's the first bit. But now the relevant part. What did the Prophet say to that Sahab? Would you like a cat to drink with you? Would you like a cat to drink with you? Look at why did he ask that question? Now you understand. It's disliked. The Sahaba knew he goes, no. Meaning I understand that we can't drink from that Ya Rasulullah. The Prophet said, somebody worse than that drank with you. Shaitan. Proving what? The leftovers of a cat you shouldn't consume. Have you understood? What about washing the vessel? Abu Huraira himself, he relates that our beloved messenger said, when a cat laps from the vessel, it should be washed once. When a cat laps from it, i.e. the vessel, it should be washed once. This is in Tirmidhi, Hassan Sahih. Hafiz Nimawi, Rahmatullah, in his Athar As-Sunan, number 14. So look how interesting. That indicates it's a mild pollution. Once, meaning just, you know, give it a wash. Clarifying further, again, Sayyidina Abu Huraira, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if a cat puts its mouth into a pot, then wash it once or twice. If a cat puts its mouth into a pot, wash it once or twice. This is in Darukutni in the Sunan, volume 1, page 67, Sahih. Behaki, volume 1, page 247, half is Nimawi, in his Athar as Sunan, number 15. So now twice is mentioned, meaning it's up to you, once or twice. Similarly, Qatada, he said, I once asked Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, what do you do when a cat puts its mouth in a pot? He responded, wash it once. Whilst Hassan al-Basri said, wash it once or three times. This is in Abdul Razak in his Musannaf, volume 1, page 99. So, this is why it's important to distinguish what is permissible and what is not permissible. A lot of people think that nothing should be touched from the cat. That's not correct. You can do wudu with the water of a cat. Drinking it is disliked. And washing the vessel is recommended. So now why? You know, because Allah Ta'ala created the cat. So obviously, if these commands didn't have any uh, you know, benefit, the kofar would have said, doesn't the Lord of the cat know about the cat? Why is he given these commands? Well, what have they discovered? The cat is a clean animal. But how does it clean itself? It licks itself. But what does it do? It also licks areas after it's gone for a number one or number two. So straight away, there's some dirt. If it's lapping that water now, and let's say it's just cleansed itself, 
that water now is it suitable to drink? So even logically, what are you doing? Well, for wudu, no problem. And then, look how beautiful, wash the vessel. Why? Because, okay, you might not you know, use the water to drink, but the water touch the vessel, so wash that. So all of this is essential knowledge when you have a cat. People just get pets, they don't even know they've got rights. <laughs> Imagine you say to a Muslim, you got a cat? He goes, yeah. You know that a cat's got rights over you. He's got, I'll tell you straight, he's going to think, cats have got rights. Yeah. What's their rights? Look after them. In a very famous report, the Prophet sallallahu mentioned that a woman was being seen punished in the fire being lacerated by a cat because it didn't let a cat leave the dwelling even to look after itself. So in other words, she didn't feed the cat and she wouldn't let the cat leave the dwelling. So what's happening in the health? The cat's taking vengeance. This is in Sayyid Bukhari. So what does that mean? One of the rights of the cat is you feed it. If you can't afford to feed it, let it go out. That's the you know other obvious thing because it can look after itself, it'll eat. The other thing which is important to highlight, you've got to keep away from the haram food. So a person gets confused over this as well. He goes, I'm not eating it. And he goes, you're right. But you're accountable for it. So a person goes, practically, how does that how does that apply? You can't buy meat for it. Unless the meat is halal. So if you get a canned, you know, whatever it is, I don't know what you call it, pedigree chum, whatever. You give it to the cat. Yes, the cat's not accountable. But you have bought the haram. You're accountable. The scholars say you must only give it what is halal. Right? So a lot of people, they think, I'll oh, give it, you know, pork and, you know, it's a cat, isn't it? Nothing to do with me. You bought pork. The cat didn't buy the pork. So this is another thing that you need to be careful of. And if in doubt, just get fish. You know, fish is fine. And what's interesting, shaitan will make sure that the cat doesn't like fish because he wants to destroy you. You know, it's, every, how many people have said that, oh, my cat doesn't eat fish. Stop giving it food, see what happens. It'll eat your patties. <laughs> right? You spoiled it. Right? Give it the food. Not just fish, anything that's halal. If the meat is halal, fine. Go to a Muslim butcher. And even the Muslim butchers, they give meat away for the pets. Because the meat isn't suitable for human consumption. And they'll, they want to give it away. Go. Say, you know, I need some... Um, and they'll give you some, like, you know, so a bit of meat. That's halal. Why? Because it's from a Muslim butcher. If you're that keen on giving it meat... Right? So again, all of this is important when it comes to cats. And note a few of these reports on whose authority? Abu Hurairah. So note again, we're learning about his blessed name, but also about cats. Now let's mention some other animals of paradise. Goats and sheep. They are animals of paradise. Our beloved messenger, he said, in Imam Ahmad's Musnad Tabarani Sahih, if you are merciful to goats or sheep, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be merciful to you. Subhanallah. If you are merciful to goats or sheep, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be merciful to you. Now think about that. You're showing kindness to a goat or sheep. So farmers, you know, they really got so many blessings, you don't realize. When do we see goats and sheep? But even if you go to a farm, let's say, and you think, oh, I'm going to buy some food for the goat, you'll get Allah, Allah will show mercy to you. Why are goats and sheep mentioned? The animals of paradise. This comes as no surprise. Why? Because our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al-Ghanamu Baraka. Al-Ghanamu Baraka. Goats, sheep 
are a source of blessings. Goats, sheep are a source of blessings. This is in Abu Ya'la in his Musnad, number 1704 or 2-158. Hafiz Mullah Ali in his Arba'in, number 20, on the comprehensive speech of Rasulullah. So now the word Ghanam, it could mean sheep, it could mean goat. And also it's used for a shepherd. Right? What did Abu Jahl say before he was killed by Ibn Masood? Ya Ghanamu, you've climbed high, <laughs> O oh, shepherd, who looks after goats and sheep. Right? So this is why you've got to say it's either goats or sheep. It's not one or the other, both of them. The Prophet said blessings, there's blessings in them. In another report, Abu Hurairah, he relates that Abu Dhabi Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Verily offer salat in the sheep pens and wipe their dust and slime for they are indeed amongst the animals of paradise. Verily offer salat in the sheep pens and wipe their dust and saliva for indeed they are amongst the animals of paradise. This is in Bayhaki and Shaykh al-Bari rahmatullahi stated Sahih in As-Sahiha, volume 3, number 1128. Also in Bukhari's Al-Dabal Mufrad, number 572. Again, Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Sahih in his checking with a slightly different wording. So what did the Prophet sallallahu say? Verily sheep, again, or goats, pray in their pens. Because strange that command is, you can pray, pray in their pens. Wipe their dust and slime because they're animals of paradise. So we know certain animals are animals of paradise. The Prophet told us sheep and goats are animals of paradise. It is clearly mentioned in the sacred hadith that our beloved Messenger, Ibrahim, the Holy Prophet Ibrahim had sacrificed a ram from paradise in place of his son. Abdullah ibn Abbas recited this verse. In Surah As-Safat, Surah 37, verse 107, Auzubillahim And we ransomed him with a sacrifice immense. Ibn Abbas explained, it was a ram which had grazed in paradise for 40 years. Let's look at this. This is in Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir's tafsir. Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, he doesn't mention what the animal is. All he says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَفَدَيْنَاهُ بِذِبْحٍ عَظِيمٍ We ransomed him, Ismail, alayhi salatu wasalam, with an immense sacrifice, immense. Ibn Abbas said it was a ram, a male sheep. It was grazing in paradise for 40 years. Now why is that quite interesting? The animal was being grazed before Ismail was conceived. Right? Ismail was only young at the time. Teenager, he wasn't 40 years old. So look how strange. Ibrahim wasalam, and uh, Sarah, and in extension, Bibi Hajar, they didn't have any kids, no children. Allah was preparing their children. But what did he prepare first? The Ram. Right? And also, of course, this Ram is in paradise, because Rams don't live 40 years. It was eating for, so this Ram was sent from paradise. Abdullah ibn Abbas said about that ram in a long report. Ibrahim turned and he saw a fine horned white ram 
He added, we also therefore used to look for a similar type of ram, i.e. for sacrifice on the day of Eid. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 9478, Tabarani in his Kabir, number 10628, Al-Haytami in Majma al-Zawail, 3-259, Hassan ibn Katir's Tafsir. So what happened? He pulled the knife, Ibrahim and one report said he fainted because he actually thought he slaughtered his son. But within that split second, Allah replaced it with the Ram of Paradise. So when he looked, he saw a white Ram. And then Ibn Abbas said, we now have this Sunnah. We look for white Rams. So the great sacrifice you can do, you get two rewards for that. A double reward is a white Ram. So on the day of Eve, if you got the wealth, a white ram is more rewarding. You follow the exact sunnah of Ibrahim It is also related in Ahmad in his Musnad number 2271 or 4-68, that our beloved Messenger had seen the horns of this blessed ram inside the holy Kaaba, which he then instructed to cover up so as not to distract the worshippers. Look how amazing. When was the sacrifice? It was two, three thousand years before the Prophet you know, give or take. Why haven't those horns disintegrated? Because they're from paradise. They had been kept faithfully for millennia in the Kaaba. So where was the sacrifice? The misguided Bani Israel, they say, it was in Jerusalem. Why are the horns in the Kaaba? Mm. You know, that's why, you know, we don't just we say subhanAllah, there's wisdom in these reports. If he was sacrificed, in, we, we haven't got a problem with that. But he wasn't, he was in Mina. Because that's where the sacrifice takes place during the Hajj. But the horns are in the Kaaba. What happened to them? A fire erupted. And uh, they got, uh, then, they were, you know, they disappeared or, they, you know, Allah took them back. But they were around for thousands of years. So look how amazing that sacrifice was a, was a symbol of Allah's acceptance. So all goats and rams and sheep blessed? 100%. That's why I mentioned this here. In conclusion, it is sufficient honor to note that all of the holy prophets at one time had been shepherds. You know, think about that. You know, we hear the report and they asked the prophet, was you a shepherd? He goes, yes. I did so he mentioned, you know, he looked after some goats. So why were all the prophet shepherds? So people, they're so distant from their deed. Would you ask that question after you've heard all these reports? In fact, you think, well, what are you asking that question for? They're just surrounded by paradise. Allah has given them goats, camels, sheep, this, that. Why? Because he wants to give them the best training. And the scholars point out that they're also weak animals. So the shepherd looks after the weak. This is training for the prophets. Also, they're stubborn animals, goats, even though they're weak. So they're training their prophets. You get stubborn, weak people. So all of this was part of their training. And also, what did the prophet say? Very interesting statements. But again, people more interested in uh, what's happening in Bermuda. Right? So the hadith is in Sayyid Bukhari. The prophet, he said, the owner of camels, he grows arrogant. The owner of sheep or goats, he becomes uh, humble. How is that? A fascinating report. You can't talk to camels, but they make you proud. You can't talk to goats and sheep, or they can't talk to you. They make you humble. 
So a person goes, why do camels make you arrogant? Because they are the animals of paradise. Shaitans are not camels, one report says. Mm-hmm. But sheep and goats, just keeping their company, think about that, just keeping their company makes you humble. Because they are animals of paradise. Then the scholars of the Hadith state, then what about those who keep the company of ill people, spiritually ill people? If camels make you arrogant and you can't even talk to them, what about a human being who's given it this? And that's why that statement is nullified. I know that he doesn't affect me. You're lying or you're ignorant. People affect you, whether you like it or not, either positively or negatively. So if you want to be positive, stick around people who are positive. Where you hear Allah Ta'ala's name and His beloved messengers. But if you're going to places where they are not mentioned, they're going to affect you. And if you don't believe that, look at that report. So which were the Prophet's company? Goats and sheep. SubhanAllah. Right? So not again. This is again so much wisdom in why Allah Ta'ala did this. Also, it makes you humble. You're away from the people. You can contemplate. You know, SubhanAllah. And notice that if you look, go back to the Muslim lands, the shepherds are generally very simple Humble people, if they got goats and sheep. But one of the brothers from the Somalian community, he and when I narrated this report to him, he goes, Subhanallah, it's true. And I goes, Why do you say that? He goes, We got somebody back home. He, he goes, He looks after camels. He goes, He's a ray shaitan. He goes, Really arrogant. And he goes, When he heard the hadith, he goes, that The penny dropped. He goes, well, That's what's happening. So we just hear the reports, but these people obviously experience this as well. So all I mentioned today was a brief on cats, goats and sheep. And the reason being, this is his name, the father of the kitten or the father of the cat. So it would be ideal just to have a little session with regards to these animals. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi, subhanakallahumma bihamdi ka ashtu la ilaha illa anta astaghfirika tu balayka wa tabillahi min ashitaan jim subhanallah rabbika lahum izzati amma yisifun assalamu alayhi wa sallam alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillahirrahmanirrahim wal asr in the sun the few khusr al-ladhina amadu wa 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 amadu wa